All right. Good evening, social media family. Thank you for joining us for another installment in the Christian philosophy series. Now, we are on lesson five tonight, lesson five. And the subtitle is a question. The subtitle is, how do I follow God? How do I follow God? Now, before we jump into a scripture, I want to um, can we jump on the example that Andrew gives in the, in the lesson, right? When, you know, because obviously Karis Bible College is a place where, you know, he, he has, God has used him to create a vision to equip the saints to develop people in ministry, right? And then there's, there's this young, young guy that comes to, to him for counsel, right? And he says, you know, he feels like God is telling me to go here. Right. And then the, the young man proceeds to give the opinions and the 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 ideas of everybody in his life, girlfriend, pastor, um, parents and friends, all these other people that are questioning this. And then, you know, he asks Andrew, like, Why, well, what do you think? And then Andrew responds, well, you lost me when you said God said. <laughs> right. Now, you think about that example, right? God said. <clears throat> Nothing else matters. If God said. Now, if God said, shouldn't that trump anything and mm. everything else? Right? God said. Right? Yeah, there you go. Now, some people will look at you like, okay, well, you know, are you really hearing from God? Right? So that's, mm -hmm. the, that's really the, the, the question, right? So how mm -hmm. do you know you're hearing from God? I don't mm -hmm. hear from God. How do you hear from God? Now, if you say that in, 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 in some context, they're going to call the people on you. I heard a good answer for that. Someone says, you hear from God? You look at him and say, you mean you don't? That's a good one. Yes. <laughs> you turn around what's normal. Right? Andrew will say, you'll say, I'm yeah. weird. Well, I think you're weird. <laughs> I have a question about that. Many years ago, probably before you were born, we used to attend the we're, Bill. We're the people of Earth before we were born. Oh, Bill Gothery. I'm going down there. Yeah, road. Eric, I'm with you. Sacred. Bill Gothard's Institute in Basic Youth Conflict Seminars. He traveled all over the country giving his. And this was something that he taught. And we, I never came to terms with it. it say, say that young man's. 16 years old, mm. right? Living at home. His parents say, we want you to go to college. He says, I feel like God wants me to go to seminary. Bill Gothard said that based on scripture about honoring your mother and your father and believing that he, even if your parents aren't believers, God can work through your parents, his will for your life, that you should do what your parents say. I <laughs> to me, it depends. I didn't on, have an answer for that. On your age, mm -hmm. if you're an adult, because I know if I listened to my dad, ooh, I'd be in jail. <laughs> I mean, when I told him I was a Christian, he said, "Are you nuts?" He said, "Why are you doing?" Yeah, but that was a question that? of godly versus ungodly. But this it was. was uh, but I mean, there's a lot of parents out there that are just whack. Well, that's. I like that question because it's very nuanced, right? It's nuanced. This is something that you know you how how we are living out our faith. Right. So 
Now, if you take the example of Jesus in the temple, mm -hmm. the 16-year-old 16 is supposed to say, well, you know, with all due respect, the Lord is telling me to do X, Y, Z, and I'm going to do X, Y, Z. Right. But what does the scripture say? Honor thy father and mother. Right. So you, you have kind of a conflict here. Right. So, you know, obviously the young man in his position, he would be in a... He would be in a position where he would need to continue to pray for number one, yes. to for the vision that he has been given to be in line with the parents. Now the parents, you know, they still have a they have a part to play in reference to how they receive it. Because let's say this sixteen year old is born again and the parents aren't, right? It, it's, it'll be a little more difficult for them to receive. Impossible? No. No. Not impossible, but a little more difficult because why? They are not mm -hmm. in relationship with the Lord the way the young man is. But yeah. if he can use a donkey to talk, then the Holy Spirit can move even through unbelievers. Yeah, bring that into line. They would, they would see it. Mm -hmm. Okay, they begin to they don't even know if because they don't understand the concepts of God. We've talked about that. But he sometimes they're easier to work with than we think because they're not thinking religious thoughts, you know. Oh, God's telling me this, maybe, maybe, maybe. He's telling that, but I'm not sure. They're just, you know, God can just, you know, sometimes it just helps to line it up. It's like I start seeing it, but you might see, you know, more stuff about it and say, Okay, we understand. Let me let's think we're gonna think about this, talk about it, and then even know that. It's gone and blown them in, a, in such a general way, not to courts, but to because mm -hmm. he wants they wants them. If this young man's supposed to do that, it's like you know, he, he I think the, the way it turned out, it, it was God's will, but the timing was wrong. Mm -hmm. He was supposed to go to college first, and then because yeah, I mean it was a true story. I think if you're a kid, yeah. you should obey your parents when you get of age. Uh, then you have to you have to draw a line and try to deal with them. If you can't, you have to follow the Lord first. Forsake everything and follow the Lord. Like you said, praying first. Yeah. Just keep the young man just knowing what he knows. It's good. He's got a pastor's like, like you said, just keep seeking God. You know, what do I do? Mm -hmm. Like I said, eventually he saw it. Well, this wasn't the right time, but it was. He was supposed to go, but he had it backwards. Because we can always, we can have heard. But we don't always get the timing, and that's where sometimes we mess up. That's mm -hmm. good. But I also think people sometimes they, they say, the Lord said, when you say that, it takes away the argument. Mm -hmm. You can't say it because you know, a person said, well, the Lord told me this. You know, my hand, like, okay, how are you going to You can't refute it. Yeah, you can't refute it. Whether it's true or not. He thinks he heard. Right. <laughs> So it pretty much takes away the argument. Well, because at the end of the day, you're like, okay, if the Lord told you, then who am I to, mm -hmm. to really dispute it? Remember when I you, agree with it or not? Terry's mom was in real estate and she didn't like dealing with Christians because she'd read a contract on a house because the Lord told these two to buy the house. And then three months later, the Lord would tell them not to buy the house, to buy another house. And she would say, I don't want to deal with Christians because. You can't, you can't, you can't talk to them because they always say, "God told me, God told me, God told me." They use that to stop you. Right. So. That's 
Yeah. And that's true. Yeah. The church setting, I mean, it really does come down between the person and God. Yeah. You hear people sometimes say, like, go around going, like, God told me this, or, like, God told me to marry this person. You know, they're, you know, they're who, who, who. But then there's some people who really, you know, they, God told them. They're married 40 years later, whatever, and you know it was God, you know? So it's just like, really, I guess we just say, really hearing God, you know? Like, mm -hmm. there you go. <laughs> All right. So when Eric said, you know, what he did about people putting that out there, it, again, it, it's kind of like a trump card, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. You can't, it's like, okay, if God said X, Y, Z. Now, however, now as members of the body, Right. If somebody, just a young believer, comes to you and says something like, God told me to quit my job at the shipyard and be a stripper. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'd say go for it. Now. Probably make more money. <laughs> now. Godly counsel. How would how could how could godly counsel come in and guide this person? How long, how long have you known God, and what else have you believed in for that's happened, that's come to pass? Because because the, the person could say, "Well, the scripture doesn't say thou shalt not strip." Tell us all women to dress modestly. Modestly. That's, yeah. The second yeah, but it's also talking about you know. Uh, Sexual immorality. Yes, it does. So that's broad. So yes. I think that will fall under that umbrella. Yeah. The dangers. I was like, you know, get the girls. I was like, you know, warn them of the dangers and how they harm them. And God loves them, and He doesn't want them to be in the harm or to cause harm on somebody else. Because you call the other people to fantasize and have mm -hmm. ideas about, you know. So yeah, that would fall to me under that umbrella. So like, okay, He ain't calling you to do that. Well, my answer would be, you're following the wrong God. Yeah, well, God told me. Yeah, God did tell you it was just the wrong one. Well, and also, when when God has us do something, it's for um, the edification of the church as well. So, if it's not something that is going to bless His people, His kingdom, His work, it I think it has a big question mark. If it's not following anything, you know, even if it. As you said, strippers specifically are not addressed necessarily in the scripture, but you know, I think his concept of um, unity of the church also falls into that big picture of decision making too. All right, so so the, um, I'm hearing then that the consensus is that we can use the the, the scriptures. As a measuring stick or a way to Absolutely. to kind of test, you know, what types of guidances are of the Holy Spirit and what aren't. Right. All right. So let's go to let's go to Jeremiah ten twenty three, Old Testament scripture, the prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah ten twenty three. <clears throat> So remember, the question is, how do I follow God? Okay, that's the subtitle. I'm looking at this scripture, and the King James says this, verse 23. O Lord, I know that the way of man is not in himself, 
it is not in man that walketh to direct his steps. So what, what is the prophet Jeremiah saying here? We're not smart enough to direct mm -hmm. our own future. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah. The natural man's not going to agree with the will of God, probably. And Proverbs 3 6 tells you that. Mm -hmm. Natural man receives not the things. That last one you had was like Proverbs 2. It was talking about wisdom. Mm -hmm. The other scripture, I don't think we discussed that. No, we ain't got I that one really yet. I was really enjoying that part about wisdom because what part of becoming a stripper is. <laughs> What about that makes you scream wisdom? That's good. There you go. There you go. I see, and that's again. That's that's when you you're looking and at listen. You're and looking at things listen. through that lens, right? Yeah, and then say, okay, well, let them say, tell you know, because we're all supposed to be teaching. So then say, okay, what part of that seems like wisdom to you, and then say what they have to say. <laughs> it's true. A lot of times, and you know, you think like we go into. Guiding with the word of God and going, well, God's word says this, God's word says that. I had a very big struggle with that about three or four years ago. I'm like, God, no, 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 I've heard that in my life. Don't do this. And then, like, God had grabbed me about the shoulders. I probably told this example before, but he's like, focus on life, focus on flourishing. That's what God told me. And then I realized, I go, any commandments he gives us, they are always for our benefit or for somebody else's. And I go, like, anything in life, I think we measured it off of that, like, is this going to hurt me? Is it going to hurt somebody? Mm -hmm. He's a good dad. Anything he tells us don't do, just like a parent tells us don't do, it's generally, well, no, not generally it is. It's going to keep us from harm's way. So that's the way I look at it. It's like, hey, you said don't steal. That's going to harm my brother. That's really not going to be good for me. It's not good integrity. It doesn't look good on me. So, God, you're just looking out for me. So, you know, that kind of thing. That's good. Okay. All right. So there is wisdom in following God's. I understand, right? Mm -hmm. All right. So let me, let me let's let's go to twenty four here. Jeremiah 10, 23, and twenty four. I'm gonna read in the New Living Translation. All right, twenty three again it says, "I know, Lord, that our lives are not our own. We are not able to plan our own course. So correct me, Lord, but please be gentle. Mm -hmm. Do not correct me in anger, for I will die." So the, the prophet Jeremiah here is kind of, he's inviting God's word to bring correction, to bring guidance, right? But now he's saying, please be gentle. Do not correct me in anger for I will die, right? So there's this, you know, there's a, there's a, a level of trepidation, fear here, right? Mm -hmm. But there's a humility that's present. Mm -hmm. Understanding, okay, it's not in me to know what tomorrow mm -hmm. holds. I don't know your infinite plan. I don't know what, you know, what's going to be for my best good and the good of others around me. So let me hear from you. I need your guidance. Mm -hmm. right. So if we talk about being in a place to follow, then I have to yield to follow. Right. Mm -hmm. So think about you ever been on a road trip. Right. And people are, you know, you, you're supposed to. You got some person that's leading mm -hmm. and someone else that you have to follow, right? Mm -hmm. And so in order for you to get to your destination, if you don't know what you, you're going, what do you have to do? You have to yield to the lead car and follow to get to your destination, mm -hmm. right? So this is what Jeremiah is communicating here, right? 
for us to, to get to our destination is contingent upon our ability to follow. Now, I looked at that word. I looked at the word follow, right? And just a quick search before this, the lesson. It appears 74 times in Proverbs, the word follow. Mm. In the Gospel of John, it appears 167 times. Mm. So Jesus, Jesus did a lot of following. And this is the Lord, the Lord of heaven and earth. He did a lot of following. So if he followed, mm -hmm. what should we be doing? Let's go to John 6. John 6. So we're talking about the, the importance of being a follower to, to humble ourselves, right? To the guidance of the Holy Spirit, the, the leading of God's word by way of the Holy Spirit. Now I want us to see something here. Let's go to, <clears throat> let's start. All right, I'm going to jump around a little bit. All right, I'm going to. Go to a scripture that we're very familiar with, 26, John 6, 26 through 27, 29, right? It says in the New Living, New, oh, no, what did that be? New Living Translation. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. You want to be with me because I fed you, not because you understand the miraculous signs. But don't you be so concerned about perishable things like food. Spend your energy seeking the eternal life that the Son of Man can give you. For God the Father has given me the seal of his approval. They replied, we want to perform God's works too. What should we do? Jesus told them, this is the only work God wants from you. Believe in the one he has sent. Right. So number one. Right. All any of any work that we do for him, it starts with this. Any any other like specific tangible work, it starts with this. Is to trust in his son, trust in Jesus as Lord and Savior. And at that point, we are in a position now that we can hear specific plans, specific instruction. All right, but let's go down. All right, I'm going to start at verse 60 and then go down to 69. All right. Many of his disciples said, this is a very, very hard to understand. How can anyone accept it? Right, before I read any further, the, Jesus is given the, the imagery of the of the the communion table, right? His flesh and the blood, right? For him, he he given up his his body and <coughs> shedding his blood for the remission of sin. Right. Verse 61. Jesus was aware that the disciples, that his disciples were complaining. So he said to them, Does this offend you? Then what will you think if you see the Son of Man ascend to heaven again? 
The spirit alone gives eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing. And the very words I've spoken to you are spirit and life. But some of you do not believe me. For Jesus knew from the beginning which ones didn't believe. And he knew who would betray him. Then he said, this is why I said that people can't come to me unless the father gives them to me. Verse 66. At this point, many of his disciples turned away and deserted him. Then Jesus turned to the twelve and asked, are you going to leave? 68. Simon Peter replied, Lord, to whom will we go? You have the words that give eternal life. We believe and we know you are the Holy One of God. Now, again, the question is, how do we follow God? Now, what happened in verse 66? A bunch of them couldn't believe him. I think and turned away. Okay. It was hard to comprehend what he was mm-hmm. saying. So it was human reasoning versus faith. Okay. Human reasoning is 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 coming slap dab against God's word. Right? Because if you look at this, when you talk about eating his flesh and drinking his blood, if you look at it that that is a purely carnal perspective, mm-hmm. it's like, ugh, what are you talking about? Sounds like a horror movie. Yeah, really. Right? Yeah. But again, if I'm looking at that, if I'm hearing him carnally, and I'm just looking at carnal things, it's a it's a hard saying. I can't receive that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Jesus, I, I can't. I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. How am I going to eat your flesh and drink your blood? Yeah. <clears throat> but in the spirit, it, it's revealed that what? His blood is, he's speaking representatively. Mm-hmm of the blood that he is shedding for the remission of sin and his broken body for the healing of our body, right? For our redemption, All right? So that, that's what is being described here, not cannibalism. But again, that takes Holy Spirit illumination versus the carnal reasoning. So that is the... I, I would say it one of, if not the number one enemy against following the will of God is human logic, carnal human logic. Because you look at, and it's, it's funny how is verse 66 in the sixth chapter. Mm-hmm. Simon Peter replied, Lord, no, I mean, at this point, many of his disciples turned away and deserted him. So that that unbelief. I think it's a total metaphor for everything that Jesus says, because um, the Bible says. Um, wait, I need the scripture up there. Hold on. Okay. Not not much of this is right or wrong, but. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes 
from the mouth of God, mm -hmm. which is not physical bread. Well, what is Jesus? Jesus is the word. Mm -hmm. So eat, so bread. There you go. It, this is all about Jesus. It's, um, and then also, um, uh, what is the, there is no forgiveness without the shedding of blood. There is no forgiveness. And so, um, the life of every creature is, is it's blood. What, who is Jesus? Jesus says, I am the way, I am the life. So when you're drinking his blood, it's all, this is all about Jesus. Yeah. The blood, you're drinking, who, who is Jesus? We're dead. Jesus is, how, how do we get saved? The life of every creature is his blood. Jesus shed his blood. We drink his blood, life. So we, yeah, so we're drinking his blood. He's life. I can understand why those guys thought that, though, depending on how mature yeah. they were. How renewed their mind was. When he starts saying, you don't eat my flesh and drink my blood. And these guys, some of them are going, whoa, did you hear what he said? I mean, I can understand it. That's also why there's healing in communion. Mm -hmm. yeah. Life versus death. That's good. That's good. Now, see, even the way we say it in such a matter-of-fact way, right, that's only because of the illumination of the Holy yes. Spirit that we can receive it like that, right? That's it. And because we have the comfort of having the word look at. They didn't have the word look at. They, they had him, him standing there saying things, but they couldn't look up chapter and verse and say, let's find out where we eat the flesh and drink the blood, you know. And they still had to have a, you know, because they had to have a revelation of who, yeah. Who, yeah. Was, who he was, like who he represented. Like he is the Lord. And the Lord. ones that stayed were, were called the, the father there, and the ones that left weren't. And that's what we're saying, you know, only... How do you say it? Like, um, no man can come to me except you've given me a father. And he never went around saying, hey, I'm the Messiah, I'm the one, I'm the son of God. But he ended up asking the disciples, who do you say that I am? Who do people say that I am? Like Elijah, and also like, who do you say that I am? They're Christ, the son of the living God. They even blink an eye. But God showed them that, you know, like we said, they had to have a heart revelation. Ooh. I'm about to throw a theological wrench in all this. Uh-oh. Uh -oh. <laughs> okay. So, Miss Julie, are you saying that, you know, some are predestined for heaven and some are predestined for hell? No. No. I just think, mm -mm. listening to the voice like they did, the disciples, I think every one of them probably heard that like 70-something, how many it was beginning? It was like a lot, you know, a huge mm -hmm. group of them. I don't know the number right, but, I mean, they were around it. I just think maybe, maybe their the religion got in the way or their own theologies and they just couldn't. You know, but are we so I see predestination different. I see it as God knows the beginning from the end, and He already saw the choice you're going to make. Exactly. So yeah. that's how He knew who who would and who wouldn't. He saw He didn't force them, but He saw the choice they were going to make, and that's I'm, that's in a sense they were predestined because He saw what they were going to do before they did it. I think. I'm like that. He doesn't control us. All right. So somebody knows. asked me a question. I know what you're yeah. saying. I remember somebody asked a question. So if He knew them, make that choice. Why he didn't bring me to Earth? He, he he brought you there to to, to make. Because he said, "Okay, I'm I'm born." He already knew the choice I'm going to make, so why be born? Because you don't know what choice you're going to make. You don't know what choice you're going to make. Allows people to the freedom to make their own choices. 
That's true. He didn't want what we said robots. He wanted. And you don't know what choice you're going to make. How many people get saved and say, "This is the last thing in the world." I thought I would have. It's like, okay, well, God just set me up for. Yeah, if you already know, then he brings me to the earth knowing what choice I'm going to make. So, you know, that's what that's us. Years ago, somebody gave me that argument. I've thought of that too before, and then I thought kind of along the lines of church, like, well, you love me, you want me to experience this earth. Wake up every morning, see the sunrise, and know that you created it, and you want it. You know, you love me, and you want me to just love you back. You know, all the time. <laughs> and you knew who would and wouldn't. You know, choose it. That just shows the magnitude of who he is, though. Because if you knew what your children were going to do before you had them, some of them you might not have. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? Some of if you're physically possible. Yeah, that is love. You know what you're going to do and still. And still give you birth and yeah. give you freedom to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know you're going to be an axe murderer, but I love you. Well, I'm going to axe murder you, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus came as a baby for knowing what he was going to go mm-hmm. through, but he still came. And he went through so much more than we did it. Most, you know, what we did. The great love. I said, that's what compelling. He loved the way we could, we, even in an earth suit, which took, you know, great faith for him too, but mm-hmm. he loved. And if you could see yourself, like, that's what he did for me when he saved me. He let me see myself. I mean, I was loathsome. I mean, just, I, I'm, and I remember after I got saved, I used to say, you got, you really got ripped out off on this deal. Oh, I got you and like, you got me. I, I used to talk to him all the time and say, why would you do that? You know, we had, for first years, so we had long conversations. That is a question you hear people ask, though. At what age did Jesus become aware of who he was? Mm. Twelve in the temple, right? I think that's that's what that movie implied. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what, that's what some theologians believe, because mm-hmm. that, you know, because of that scripture kind of jumps out at you mm-hmm. when he, he says, I must be about my oh, father's God, business. His right. mom's like, huh? What are you talking about? Joseph out there, buddy. <laughs> Right. But the thing, and, and see, I, I don't, I don't want to throw another um, question in here, right? But this is one of those things that you know it can it can get you tripped up when we talk about God's will, yeah. right? And we talk about the pre- predestination versus free will. This whole, I mean, preachers, believers, theologians have been arguing this for millennia, you know, trying to. Wrap their right their mind. their mind around, yes, you know what, what it truly means, but the, from what I'm seeing, you know predestination and free will don't have to be mutually exclusive, right? They don't, because both are biblical concepts. It's just a way of interpretation, right? So let, let's go to Romans 8. Is there a scripture, um, whosoever will believe? Because there's, there's a lot of whosoever wills, whosoever will say. Is there a scripture, whoso, whosoever will believe? As many. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that word whosoever in there? Yeah. That's, no, that's, that's, that's who, whosoever will. But that, that's not this scripture, but let's follow. And uh, we'll go to that one too. Okay. I wasn't All right. sure. All right. So starting at, start at verse 27. 
Chapter 7 or 8? Eight? 8. Romans 8, 20, starting 27. All right. All right. I'm going to read this in the King James. It says, And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is in the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. All right. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. <clears throat> for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestine to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Now, for he for, for whom he did foreknow. Let's look at that word for no. In the the Greek, in the Strong's definition, it says to know beforehand, foresee, mm -hmm. right? Ordain, know before, to have knowledge beforehand, to foreknow. All right. The word predestined. Let's look at that in the Greek. All right. To limit in advance. That is figuratively predetermined, determined to re predetermine, decide beforehand. It's kind of like the difference between to submit oneself versus someone subjugating you. Mm -hmm. I define it subjugating. To force Portions, to, yeah. to submission. Okay. Okay. So to me, to predestine is the subjugating. I'm enforcing my will on you, but because he foreknew, he knew what your free will choice was going to be. He didn't force that choice. So he, he knew by foreknowledge the ones whom he would call his own, whom he would know, right, in the biblical sense, to be formed into the image of Christ. That's how I always looked at that. He knew them by foreknowledge, and those whom he knew were predestined to be formed into the image of Christ. That's his destination for all of us whom he knows. We know him. Okay. Okay. All right, let me read those two verses in the Amplified 29. And yeah, verse 29 says, for those he foreknew and loved and chose beforehand, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son and ultimately share in his complete sanctification so that he would be the firstborn, the most beloved and honored among many believers. Right. So foreknowledge, predestination. For whom he did foreknow are those he did foreknow. All right. The Lord, whom he foreknow, he also did predestine. Right? So those who are his, those who make the choice for Christ, who are place their faith in the Lord, give their lives to the Lord. It is predestined that those individuals will be conformed to the image of his son. So there's a predetermined path set for them who make the choice. Right. Yeah, now he knows from his foreknowledge. Yeah. Right. So think of because think about you have as a whosoever, whosoever, for God so loved the world that 
he gave they, let, let me quote it. I'm gonna quote it. All right, let's go back to John. If whosoever shall believe is in him. All right, John three sixteen, the most famous scripture in the Bible. All right, King James: For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever let's look at whosoever. All right, whosoever, every the whole, all individually, each every. Any and all, whole, everyone, all things, everything, right? So this is what we see in the Greek. So all me, all. For whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So you see that, right? So as a whosoever, when a whosoever believes, they step into predestination. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. I get it. Right. Because I could be driving down the road, right? I got a choice to take exit 119 or go straight. If I take exit 119, there's a predetermined path that that road is going to take me down. Right. But I have the choice to go straight. So if I go straight, then I'm going to go as far as that road, that road to take me. But if I choose to take that exit, then I'm going to go down that predetermined path, right? Yeah, we snuck in there. <laughs> So again, you know, these are real, they can be real heavy theological discussions, but they don't necessarily have to be. Because again, if you're looking at it through the lens of God's grace. Yes, that's very important. If you're looking at it through the lens of God's grace, the love of God, then you understand that. Let's go to 1 Timothy 2. All right, so our, our, our key scripture, of course, is verse four, but I'm going to read all, all, all four verses <coughs> leading up to that. All right. In King James, it says, I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. Oh, it's funny. It doesn't just say for Christians. It says for all men, for kings. And for all that are in authority, that we may lead a, a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come into the knowledge of the truth. Now, who will. You see that footnote? Desires to. Desires to. Yes, that's what it says. Desires to. So the 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 word desire, it it, it denotes the fact that there is a there is a possibility that it is it might not come to fruition. 
Now, of course, this is not a projection on God's power. It's a explanation of the authority that he's placed in man to choose this day whom you serve. Blessing or cursing, life or death. And he's always pointing to himself as life. And then you have the imitator of life pretending to be life when he's really deaf. So this is what, this is the role we, we are faced with to go right or left. I always think of the two thieves on the cross. <laughs> Both had equal opportunity. That's right? Yeah. And one chose to acknowledge Jesus, the other chose not to. Yeah. But both thieves, both in the same situation, had their yeah. will. Did yeah. the one guy call him Lord when he mm -hmm. said, Remember me in your kingdom, Lord? Never saying that was the key. You know what I love too is it wasn't anything like super duper. He had to get on his knees or pray or say something no, like he just he literally he just, just said your Messiah. Like, you know, right. like remember me. He didn't, he didn't even ask for him to save him. It was just mm -hmm. like I know, I know who you are. Just, just remember. Who he was. And yeah, mm -hmm. that brings you to your eyes. This is amazing. Truly, truly, you'll be with me. Tough as right? Wow. Yeah. That's grace personified. Yeah. So verse four again, who will, who desires to have all men. All right, hold on. Let's look at all, see what all means. What does all mean? Yes. What does all mean? All right. It says including all forms, apparently every whole the whole, the whole way. Whoso whosoever, right there. Do you see that whosoever right there? Okay. Missing, okay. So it is God's desire that all men be saved and come unto the knowledge of the truth. Indeed. However, he has in his authority, when he gave man dominion, he gave man the ability to do what? To choose. choose. I love, you know, and I love to think, you know, in human relationships, we never want anybody to be forced to be like in a relationship with us, any kind of like you know, romantic or friends or whatever. I remember this old episode, it was an old um, sitcom I liked in the 90s growing up. And many of you probably know him, so I'm not going to say the name, but the boy, he always wanted the girl, he loved her, he was very nerdy. She didn't love him, didn't like him until later in the series, but Urkel. the thing was. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there you go, yes. Would. Did I do that? <laughs> yes, did I do that? One of the episodes, he had gave her, because, you know, he was so smart, okay, Steve, mm -hmm. right? So he, or he gave more a potion that made her fall in love with him. Mm -hmm. And I'm mean, like, at the end of the episode, like five to ten minutes left, I mean, she was all, like, crazy about him. And he was, like, almost like, they're not him, but he was, like, he finally got his wish. But he knew that it was not real. It was a real choice from her heart. And you see him, it was getting ready to tick up to, like, 12 o'clock or whatever it was when the potion would run out. And he kept thinking, like, should I give her the other potion? Should I put it? You know, he, you know, he was thinking back and forth, and he made the choice. He's like, no. And he didn't. And then, like, five or she, she went to her, like, oh, Steve, you're so very, like, probably like, handsome or something. She goes, so annoying and small, blah, blah, blah. And then he was like, I'm saying, but at the same time, you know what it was? He wanted her heart. He didn't want to force her mm -hmm. to love him. And I always, like, that always stuck in the back of my head, you know, in general, you know. And God doesn't want to make us, like, he, you know, like we said, you know, so Thor, he could just go. But no, he chose to let us make her own. See that God could use Urkel. 
That's no, cool. But, yeah. was it, but was it the potion that turned him into Stefan? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, that was that yeah. too. But yeah, the thing That's is. That's when he became cool. Yeah. Well, you know, God wanted us to. Yeah. She, loved, she was in love with Did Stefan. Did she watch that? Mm hmm. Yeah. I, know, I know all that. Mm, I sure do. Yeah. yeah, we had kids and grandchildren. We, I watched every everything there is. But, but look at that illustration, though, mm -hmm. right? Because, you know, we, we were created in his image, mm -hmm. right? Image. So, in his likeness. So, having that ability to choose. We're not robots. He didn't make us that way. He wanted a relationship. He didn't want us to mm -hmm. robots. Yeah, he could give us all potions. <laughs> it well, is weird, though, and I have to put my helmet on because just to keep my brains in my head because it is weird, like, why us? Why us? I've had that question for 50 years. Why me? I don't understand. Yeah. I just, I don't understand huh? why, why us? Why me? Why? Yeah, why? really. I don't know. Right. We may never know till heaven anyway, so all things you know, revealed because we, we like you're saying, like we don't know how many people have had thoughts, you know, like go through their heads. This is an example I know God speaking to us in general, like nine eleven and what a tragedy, but there were some people I know they had accounts of people who said they really felt led to like not go to work that day, mm -hmm. not whatever, whatever. They had something triple up or something and they could have died. And I go, well, what about the other people? Does God care about them? My God, I cannot imagine the suffering and the pain they went through. They died. But we don't know how many. Like we all do sometimes. We'll hear a voice like, don't do this. Oh, no, you don't know. You don't know how many people God talk to. Bless their hearts. I think if you're a Christian, God always tries to speak to you to keep you out of death's door. But there's so many people that ignore or they don't know the voice of God. They think it's just their own thoughts yeah. and the only way you can tell it's not is by acting on the thoughts when they first come then you start to see which is you and which is God yeah. and you're going to fail a lot but you're going to when you succeed you start to know that voice when you know that voice you get pretty bold yeah yeah all right so now you know we got to go back to the parable of the soul right mm -hmm. all right because he said if you understand if you don't understand this parable then you won't understand any of them and see, and this ties into that whole idea of being able to hear and follow. All right. So let's go to Matthew 13. Yeah. All right. Matthew 13. I'm going to use the New Living Translation here. And I'm going to start at verse 10. All right. All right. It says, his disciples came and asked him, why do you use parables when you talk to the people? He replied, you are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but others are not. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. Oh, let me pause. I'm going to read verse 11 again. He replied, you are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. And if you stop there, then it this kind of lends itself to the elect versus non-elect. Those were people being so that that idea that some are specifically chosen for heaven and some are specifically chosen for hell. But you got to keep reading. Right. 
you are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but others are not. To those who listen to my teaching. Now, we hear earlier, right? His, what, what, what does his word represent? He said his words, they are spirit and they are life. So again, it, if we keep Jesus at the center, it's always that you're going to get the right, right answer every time because it's all about him. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given and they will have an abundance of knowledge. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they, they have will be taken away from them. You see it? So the key to hearing is listening to the right voice, the right teaching. And who's teaching? Jesus' teaching. And even the last part of that verse, if, I mean, we read said, but those who are not listening, even the little understand they have will be taken away from them. It's not God taking away, the enemy will take it away. Well, that's the parable of the sower, right? But I'm saying a lot of people say, well, God, so they will, they will read that and say, God's going to take it away. It's like, no, yeah, it's not him. The enemy comes because he doesn't want you yeah, to Yeah, he steals it. Mm -hmm. But if you read that, they would think, oh, it's gone. It's taken away. And so we know we, well, I ain't going to say that scripture. I'm not, I mean, that saying that they say at funerals, a lot of it, much y'all ain't going to go there. But the perception that God mm -hmm. takes stuff away. Mm -hmm. And so if you, now, if you have that mindset now your concept is messed up because now you take that concept everything these um the passage of scripture you just read it's it's like really really key in what you were saying about um looking through the proper lens the that grace lens because you <clears throat> you'll miss it um it's like you you switch versions. If you would, had stuck with that King James and read that through, I don't think if they're not if a person is not really looking through those grace lens, they wouldn't pick that up because you read that other version. I, I forgot what version you say it was, but it, it came right out and told you. If you listen, you know, listen to me, and then you got where King James don't come out and tell you that. It's still, if you read it through and you're not looking through those grace lands, and that's probably how it's been misinterpreted with that lack and all that and different people who select it and some not. But it don't come out and tell you. And and so you, and I think that's probably how that, those uh, uh, doctrines have gotten started. But, you know what? I hadn't looked at it before, but when I looked at it here, I knew that I was thinking like, okay, I know that people just not chosen and some people not. So I, so that word give jumped out to me. And so when I read give, I saw it's like if one of you guys offered me something and you offered everybody in the class something. And if I didn't take it, well, you was giving it to me, but I didn't take it. And then maybe somebody did take it, but you was giving it to everybody. Mm -hmm. So so if I didn't take it, that means you didn't give it to me. Not, But it wasn't your, your fault. It was my fault because I didn't take it. 
So saying it like that and understanding it like that, give. And if you don't go to another version, you could still receive, you know, the real simplistic teaching of what it's trying to give. I think that that verse, many are called, few are chosen, yeah. right? So just using that example that Kevin gave, it's, 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 it's a good way to like get that picture. Because we already see what, what was spoken in 1 Timothy. God desires that all be saved. Mm-hmm. And John 3.16 says, whosoever mm-hmm. shall believe. So the call has been made to all. Everybody got a phone call. But only yeah. the one, only the chosen answer. Jesus on the main line. That's right, main line. <laughs> but what was interesting in the couple line scriptures ago was when it said, "In one of you was a devil." He was chosen. Yeah, but he was he was a devil. But Jesus chose him, but he was a devil. And he knew he knew, he knew from the get go. I but, would guess. But he had a choice to be dumb or not be dumb. Right. But he's but so interesting. Yeah. Jesus chose mm-hmm. him, but then he was, huh? and he said one of these is a dumb. They used to bother me too about you know I was like, why is it Peter this and then you know why did know Judas you know this and then I thought I said you know and Mom and I've talked about it many times after praying about it each and you know, just talking about the word and stuff. I've thought about it. I go. If Judas had came like Peter did and repented, you know, Jesus would have took him right up. He knew that's what his choice would be, but he didn't make him choose it. I used to think that. I used to be like, oh my gosh, that's not a tradition. That means that God created him to be like evil or something. I'm like, oh no, that's not our God. That's not what he did. They just knew. They just knew he would be, you know. They, they hung that bag of silver in front of him and he just couldn't say no. Yeah. Exactly. All right, let me speak to that. What was what uh, Sue said? I'm gonna read verse 12, and then we gonna we gonna go to another scripture. All right, um, verse 12 in the Amplified Matthew 13:12 it says, "For whoever has spiritual wisdom, because he is receptive to God's word, to him will be given, and he will be richly and abundantly supplied. But whoever does not have spiritual wisdom." Because he has devalued God's word, even what he has would be taken away from him. So you see the focus? That's exactly the interpretation in that series we're watching at Chosen. When they asked Jesus, why do you speak to us? And that's exactly what he said. He said, because I'm looking for the heart. I'm looking for that person that will continue and abide in me and has that hunger to go deeper. And others, it won't. And that's why that's why he used the parables. Because... Those people would walk away. Yeah. All right. He was filtering out those who would pursue him and those that wouldn't. Okay. Now we're gonna come back to thirteen, but let's go to um, John thirteen. Start at verse. Let's see. I'm going to read, I'm going to start, let's start at verse 24. I'm going to start at verse 23, and then we're going to go down to verse 27. All right, I'm going to read this in the King James. 
says, now there was leaning on Jesus's bosom, one of his disciples whom Jesus loved. All right, this John talking about himself. Simon, Simon Peter, therefore, beckoned to him that he should ask who it should be, be of whom he spake. He then laying on Jesus's breast saith unto him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, he it is to whom I shall give a sup when I have dipped it. And when he had dipped this, this up, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. And after the, after the sup, Satan entered into him. And then said Jesus unto him, that thou, that thou doest do quickly. All right, so you see, and look at verse 27. After the sup, Satan entered into him. Who did Jesus do to open that. the door? Right. So there had to be an opening for Satan to enter, right? Right. So in order for him, the, the betrayal to come to pass, who who is animating that? That's true. It says Satan and God didn't enter into him. Yeah, that's true. Right. 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 I'm reading it in the New Living Translation, 26, 27, it says, Jesus responded, it is the one to whom I gave, I give the bread and dip, the, dip in the bowl. And we had dipped it. He gave it to Judas, the son of Simon and Iscariot. When Judas had eaten the bread, Satan entered into him. And then Jesus told him, Harry, and do what you're going to do. So Satan entered into him. Now see, again, depending on your lens, you could see this a certain way. But think about it, right? So Jesus is operating as 100% God, 100% man. So he's a representative of the hypostatic union. Right? So he's operating in the power of the Holy Spirit. What do you see here? What do you see right here? This is not Jesus controlling Judas or telling Judas to betray him. It's word of knowledge. Yeah. The, the operation of the gift of spirit. Yeah. We never get taught that way. It's true. It's but can you see somebody saying, well, of course, because he said the person that I give this to is going to betray me. So he picked that one. Can you see people thinking that? Exactly. He picked that one, right. and then Satan was allowed to enter because Jesus said so. I think that's like one of the deception too that we've had for so long about like Jesus knew everything, which Jesus did. He was God, but we said it's like he actually, he depended on the Holy Spirit like we do. He's just perfect. I mean, he, you know, like was communed with his father. I forget where it is. I read recently there are some things God's not allowed himself to know. I just had a funny thought. There's these 12 guys dipping bread into the sop. I wouldn't eat that sop. I'm telling you, man. Be a big bowl of bacteria. I'd be saying, no, uh-uh, not me. You got to think that they did what the same community. They're all ripping off bread and they're gone. Every 12 guys, you know, who rode donkeys and goats. No, no. See, people thinking like that. 
No, I'm no. sure they didn't, but in my mind, I thought, even, even as a kid, we passed around soda. Yeah. You, know. you didn't think a thing about drinking apples. Yeah, that's no, disgusting. Honey, no. <laughs> I think about that, Bob. <laughs> I know it is a little gross. But, but, being, but looking <laughs> back at that, love. Yeah, now, I mean, we drink water. Water. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, right. water. 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 We drink water. 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 Yes, no, I wouldn't. Uh -uh. No, no, I drew the line. No, if you're gonna bite my food, you can have it. I don't want it. Yeah, so every everybody see it. Now, now Terry got me off on a tangent. Now I'm looking for that scripture. Um, now it's Old Testament. Now let's. I don't know if this is specifically where you're going, but let me. Let's go to uh, Isaiah 43. Isaiah 43. All I remember is Carmen having one of his songs one time about God knew everything or everything worth knowing. But it was just, you know, he was quoting, I don't know if he was quoting anything. So All right. All right, I'm going to start at verse. Twenty-five. All right. It says, "I even I am he that blotteth out the transgressions for mine own sake. I will not remember thy sins." Now let's look at that word. Remember. All right. Now, the Brown, the Brown Driver Briggs definition says to remember, to, to recall, call to mind, to be thought of, to record, to make memorial. So I will, in reference to our sin, he will not recall, bring to remembrance. Right? And you, you see the word here. I, he says, I even I am he that blotteth out thy transgressions for my own sake. I could be wrong, but I think I remember Weist translating that as he said, like, in other words, if you call a limb a member of your body, or like we are members of the body, if you dismember, you cut off. If you remember, you reattach. So he's saying, I will not remember put back on your as a member your sins but that's kind of interesting I won't, I won't put them back on you in other words I'm not going to remember it because I will never reattach that to you you're you're free it's blotted out pastors used to teach that and then say how far is the east from the west mm -hmm. I'm looking at the cross references here. It says in Isaiah 44 and 22, it says, I have blotted out as a thick cloud thy transgressions, and as a cloud thy sins return unto me, for I have redeemed thee. And let me see, Jeremiah 50 and 20 says, In those days and in that time, saith the Lord, the iniquity of Israel shall be sought for me. And there shall be none in the sins of Judah, and they shall not be found 
for I will pardon them whom I reserve. So you see the blotting out. So basically just a, a voluntary forgetfulness. Never to reattach that to you. <laughs> right. Right. Now, doesn't that kind of blow a hole in that doctrine of that says that you have to uh, continually be born again and again when you sin? People believe that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or to confess every sin. Yeah. See, that's the whole thing about Kevin. Like Kevin yeah. Because you got to confess every sin. You know, if you don't confess it, then it's. But when you what you just read, it says he will blot out. It didn't say I will blot out if. Yeah. How could everybody anybody remember all the sins they did since they were a little kid? I could. They used to drive me crazy. Almost and then they the least one was really good. You know, do all these things wrong and go, Oh, but you went fifty five fifty seven out of fifty five. You're breaking the law, which is it's considered a sin. And you die. Uh oh. <laughs> Totally well, see, when we talk about that, we only talk about how we use it. We only talk about the Big Ten. Yeah. And in the Big Ten, there's a circus Yeah, so if you get in the Big Ten, you got everything straight. You got to confess those. Otherwise, you, you know, you take that with you. Now, you say attach it to you mm -hmm. if uh, you don't confess it. All right, she just names one, like, okay, we. That one we don't think about. Then the scripture says anything that's not done what of faith. Yes. Mm -hmm. I speed by faith. <laughs> actually, I had actually just brought the picture. <laughs> you know what? I need to get that bump sticker. <laughs> I, I, I keep up with the traffic so I don't get killed. If you go to speed limit, some of these roads you can run over, man. Yeah. That's 64. Yeah, if you go we, we give you a, we give you a little. These people come up behind you, honk the yeah. horn, and go back and forth, and then they stick their finger up at you when they go by. I mean, you, it's dangerous. Yeah, but he would go real fast. No. Even even Pat Robertson at one time was asking on TV, said that. Yeah, yeah. Like he basically said, he said what you did, what you said. Yes. He said if you don't go with the flow. You're going to cause an accident or you could be in one, right? So he literally was on TV saying speed. Well, it depends what road you're on, but. Can't argue. Yeah, everybody's speeds on every road. He's saying if you are going to cause an accident, they're going too slow. I talked to a cop. You know why everybody speeds up there? They don't enforce the law for a long time. For days, there's no cops up there. And then when they go up there, they know they can write eight or ten tickets quick because everybody's speeding. Except me, and I'll be in the right hand lane. All right, so let's rain it back in. Here. <laughs> Not going. Right. Now, I'll go. I'll go five miles over. Going, going back to Matthew thirteen. Right. So we talking about how 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 do we follow God? That's the original question. All right. So we've come to the conclusion as we continue to come to that our ability to follow and experience the, the Zoe life is contingent upon our esteem of God's word and trust in the Holy Spirit, the work of the Spirit. 
I mean, after that, though, we've been long. I know we've talking about, you know, when, when people, you know, say, well, God spoke to me. I think that, and following God, I think you need strong community around you. Because, you know, I could come to you or come to Gene and say, okay, you know, this is what I feel <clears throat> God is giving me. I feel like God told me that I'm gonna bounce it off somebody. That's different. That's 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 wisdom. Yeah. The you people know. the people that are saying God told me what they're saying is shut open. up. I don't want right. to hear you. And so yeah. I think that's one of the key to following God. Yeah. Really. I'm gonna bounce it off somebody who I know yep. who is spiritual, yep. who's mature, mm-hmm. who's not gonna be a yes person. Just say, well, you know, who's gonna give me their opinions? Um, if they're not feeling it, I'm not sure. You know what. You know, if God is flighting, you know, speak something, says, well, you may not be, you know what I'm saying, bouncing off somebody. And I think you need a good, strong community around you that you can do that with. Because sometimes, you know, we still human, we can get yeah, into our own, mm-hmm. you know, thing. To, you know, you want to do something so bad, mm-hmm. and you know, like you feel like, okay, I'm anxious and anxious. And then, you know, that person, or persons, they may say, well, timing may not be right. God may speak to them. Yeah. Or now you may have direction. You may want to hold off on that. Mm-hmm. So I think you need a strong community around you That's to help you with that. That's why the prophetic is so important. Right. Right. Because, you know, it's, it really is supposed to be in, in confirmation of what, mm-hmm. what you're already hearing. Mm-hmm. Right. And, yeah. and the thing that makes people leery about that is you know some of the past church hurt and church abuse because you could you could have insecure leadership right and somebody can have a gift and they, they're really called to do something and that that their leadership can, can feel like that person yeah. that person is a threat mm-hmm. so they try to keep them under wraps right so all right well you gonna we gonna have you on toilet duty when you yes. know they call to preach yeah Right. That's why you ride down the Ward Boulevard and there's 25 storefront churches. There's there are guys that were in churches that were rejected and then they start their own. A lot of them. So, you know, it's just, it is, I mean, it's, you know, when you're talking about following the spirit and all that, you know, living that type of life, it can be really messy. You know, you're dealing with exactly. people. Mm-hmm. Dealing think, with people. Especially if you're dealing with people who don't follow the spirit. Yeah. I think with hearing God too, it's like, it's one of those big life like choice. I've had things where I literally, I knew God told me, but then I wanted to make sure he told me. I go, God, I know you told me. I'm going to make sure you told me. Tell me again. And God, God confirmed things over and over. I go, tell me again. And I'm like, he never, I know God never came away with that because he wants to make sure, you know, he knows, you know, especially in big life decisions and things. It's like, or little things, I mean. And I go, I think that's a good idea. It's like, keep asking. And, and you know, we used to think, like, keep asking was, you know, oh, well, you have to keep asking God because you're begging. It's like, no, I mean, just keep asking. He no, wants to be involved. We asked for about 35 confirmations whether we should get married. <laughs> hey, I mean, hey, that's. that's God was so good. He just kept pouring them out. That is, that is, I, hey, I praise God. I mean, you know, it's true. You know, and I, I did that. I mean, I have just different things. It's been like, God. I think God is short. Am I sure I heard you, God? Show me again. Right. And then even like people, like you know, Eric was saying, it's like you know, ask somebody else, and I don't know where somebody will say something and be like, hey, we got God. Now I even say this sometimes. You know, people, you no, know, they they may have good intentions. They may get if you, 
you know, you feel strong about something, then sometimes people will try to talk you out of it. Truly, and yeah. Like you said, that's right. You know, when people careful. do that, you'd be no. like, okay. I mean, you listen to them, yeah. Because if they're, you know, you have, if they're, you have a lot of confidence in them, you listen to them, you'd be like, okay. But if you feel, you'd be like, like you see, you go back to God, okay. Yeah. You know, I need more confirmation. I know you told me this, but they're saying this, so like you said, I'm gonna ask you again. Yeah, it's like you know, God, like I'll say, that is. That is cool. I think that is just awesome. You know, because you want to make, you want to make sure. Oh, look what I was marrying. Oh boy. I mean, I had to know. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> right. But, all good, but so different from anything I knew. Right. Because, because <laughs> all you know, because it's all a walk of the spirit. Because even looking at that, at, at that type of um, approach. You think how many people do you think Noah bounced his his God's word to him with? How many people did he bounce that off and get rejected? Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, it, it it's a you you got to have a mature community, you know, some mature folks to talk to, you know, unbiased that can that can listen and hear. That's important with follow God. I was thinking about that, you were saying that about having a good community, because you know. Having that's another thing, it's like asking God where you're supposed to fellowship because you know, you can go to the wrong place and it's not the right, mm-hmm. you know, vibes. You, you, you know, we're going to do for news and in some way, God, like, why not for that? Why don't you go, yeah, because they're human beings. They're Bible studies in, in Williamsburg, you go mm-hmm. 15 minutes. Why are you going down there? Because mm-hmm. this is where we Because Pastor here. Jones down mm-hmm. on the corner of Williamsburg, I don't there's a Pastor Jones. There is, I'm sorry, I don't want to do Pastor Jones. <laughs> Um, did not butt Dallas. God used Julius and he butt Dallas a couple years ago. So, yes, there you go. It's like the same thing when you ask people to pray. You have to be discerning which people you particularly. Exactly. It's not to be mean. It's not being snotty. It's just you have to trust people here from God and know how to pray. Right. Yeah. You don't just ask anybody pray for me. Well, I mean, <laughs> also, when I come to mind, you know, as scripture Paul talking, this is be not drunk with wine, but be filled with those bell words. When you, as he was just saying, you, you know, of course, when you drunk wine, you're intoxicated. Okay. Yeah. But he said, in, in the same reference, don't be drunk with the wine, be drunk with the spirit. In other words, we, we shouldn't be get a, we shouldn't get a DUI, right. but we can get a LUI, which mm-hmm. means living on the influence of the Holy Spirit versus living on the Oh, that's nice. Let's go to LUI. Look at that, look at that preacher, man. Just yeah, yeah, look at that. <laughs> Well, I've been drunk in the spirit and still managed to drive more than once. Hell, you are. Take on it now. I got a couple bumper stickers tonight. <laughs> Get paid. Why? Tell you. ChristianBooks.com. Here we come. Ever been that drunk in the spirit? It's fun. Yeah, I have. And I managed to make it home because my friend was drunker, drunker than <laughs> I was, and she was supposed to be driving. I had to have somebody drive me, but it was funny because it was my best friend, Dennis, and he just loves God so much, too. But anyway, it was like six or seven years ago. Mom was around, too. But we're going to the car. I'm like, oh, well, I can say this for a like this. Anyway, he goes, you know what? He goes, I always wanted to say I drove my friend home drunk. We <laughs> were just dying. That's funny. That's funny. Well, he got, you both got what you wanted. Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. All right, so let's jump back in Matthew 13 real quick before we have to close. All right. Because we, we we talk about you know enemies to hearing, right? So if God's word is the catalyst by which we hear, 
then the enemy has a vested interest in in providing interference Indeed. to yes. that, right? Yes. All right. So let me see. I, I'll read. I'll start at 14 and just keep going. And the New Living Translation says, this fulfills the prophecy of, of Isaiah that says, when you hear what I say, you will not understand. When you see what I, what I do, you will not comprehend. For the hearts of these people are hardened and their ears cannot hear. They have closed their eyes so their eyes can't see. Their ears cannot hear and their hearts can't understand. And they can't turn to me and let me heal them. But blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. Now, why do their eyes see and their ears hear? Going back to verse 12 in the Amplified says, whoever has spiritual wisdom because he is receptive to God's word, to him more will be given. All right. Jumping back. Verse 19. Now listen to the explanation of the parable about the farming, the farmer planting seeds. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. Then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. Now you see who comes to snatch the, the word, the seed? The thief comes, right? I think we said this before too. It goes back to the heart. That's why you can have three hundred people sitting in a church service, listen to the preacher. A third of them say, "That was the most boring thing he's spoken all year." You'll have another third hooping and hollering. That was the best message. He's... Why? What's the difference? It's the same message. You're all sitting in the same air conditioning, same heart seats, right? Mm -hmm. It's the heart. Right. It, it, I think it helps determine that's what we hear. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That, and that's the soil, right? Yeah. Verse 20. Go ahead. I was going to say what Terry was saying, and that reminds me of uh, the cross at the cross in one of the Gospels. I forgot, maybe John, when obviously the writer of the Gospel heard exactly what God said. When he said, um, um, I don't know if that's when he said, this is my beloved son, well pleased, but God spoke and some heard, thought an angel spoke to him. Some thought it thundered, you know, and that was about a third, but some heard the voice of God speaking concerning his son on the cross. Now, looking at verse 20, the seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. Okay. All right. So you see different, different levels, right? One, the, the, the word didn't even get a... It have an opportunity to penetrate it all. And then you have a word that gets into the soil, but it's in rocky soil, so it doesn't have any opportunity to develop any deep roots. So in this case, the problems and persecution stole the word. Mm -hmm. 
And I think of that same congregation. You have some just sit there and listen. You have some sit there and, and, and never, probably never ponder what was said again. You have others take notes, but they just take the notes. They don't ever go home and get in on and study deeper on their own for their own revelation. And then you have those that take the notes, go home, study that over again and get more. So it just shows those levels of the heart, that desire to press in for more of God. So I get what he said. I've got the notes, but I'm going to go home and, and I'm going deeper with that same word. And that's me, true. That's like you said, you see in the analogy of this and like a congregation. I'm sure, you know, it's true. You see that everywhere. It's like both categories here. You know? And you hear all these people, they hear the exact same word, but there's different levels of what people do with it. And then you have the next that are not just hearers only, they actually become doers of that word. And they're the ones whose lives are changed. Let's go back to what we said last week when y'all was talking about the levels, you know, where Jesus had Peter, James, and John. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Different levels of intimacy. And that's what y'all are really talking about, the different levels of intimacy. You know, one will go this far, another one will go this far. So it's that different level. Not that we're not all on different journeys and paths. It doesn't mean everybody has to be level at the same time, but to whatever level they're on, that degree of pursuing. Who was it that was flaunting that James? James said he was his disciple that Jesus loved? It was John. John? But but he said that, right? Yeah. But he's the one that, you know, legend says got boiled in oil Mm -hmm. and, 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 and survived. Didn't die. So, so the, the emperor got so shook. He was like, "Send that guy out. Put him like, on send him away from me. Put him on the Isle of Patmos. Get him out of here." But you know how how deep was his revelation of God's love? Though? That happened in real life. I, I know a guy that fell off a scallop boat, uh, and he he was underwater, and the boat was circling trying to see if he'd come up. But when he finally came up, I mean, he came up and he said he screamed. He had no air left in him, and some some dude on the boat, grabbed a life jacket and started swimming toward, towards him and was cursing him. I said, why was he cursing you? He said, I was underwater between 13 and 20 minutes. They weren't sure, but a minimum of 13 minutes. They knew I should have been dead. When they got him back on the boat, they made him go in the cabin and they would not let him on the deck and wouldn't talk to him. It scared him so bad because they knew the guy should have been dead. A miracle. That was, that was Mike. What was his last name? Chapman. 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 Yeah. That can freak people out. Sometimes. 22. The seed that fell among thorns represent those who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the words of this life and the lure of wealth, so no fruit is produced. The seed that fell on good soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, and even a hundred times as much as had been planted. So may we be that good soil that produces mm -hmm. hundredfold return. But going back to verse 12 in the Amplified, for whoever has spiritual wisdom because he is receptive to God's word, to him more will be given. And he will be richly and abundantly supplied. <clears throat> so let that be among us. All right, social media family.
Thank you once again for joining us. We'll see you next week. Bye.